But I want to talk to you just a little bit this morning about the subject of awakening. Can we talk about it for just a little bit this morning in the house of God? Will you all get with me, with me and preach with me this week? Amen. Uh, Deidre said, look, I put a clock in the back. Look at that. Everybody turn around and look. For some reason, it faces me. I don't know. But it, based on what I see, I've got about 20 minutes, and, uh, and I'm going to take about 20 more than that. Amen. So I believe in multiplication all the way around. Praise the name of the Lord. And Brother John McAtee told me one time, he said, have people raise their hand if they'll give you five minutes, and then count them all and add them all together. Amen. So I did that, and I think I got an hour and 45 minutes one time to preach. That was after I'd already preached for a half hour. So we were in good shape. People were really patient. So we thank God for working patience out in you this morning because when patience has her completed work, and notice the Word of God said her, um, when it has her completed work in you, then you'll be, you'll be perfect and lacking nothing. Amen. I've got a lot of perfect people in the house this morning. If you're perfect, say amen. All right, there she is. Amen. Her righteousness is of God. Amen. She's just clothed in righteousness this morning. To the book of Romans, chapter 13, amen. This is our, this is our church scripture, amen. This is, this is the one that we go to for the awakening that God... This is where God led me when he told me about the great awakening. And let me just share with everybody that doesn't know this. The reason for the name Awakening Church of God, and uh, I know the, the name Awakening has kind of been used uh, quite a lot throughout history. Matter of fact, there is a, there's a major event in the church that's called the First Great Awakening. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it was uh, in the likes of George Whitfield and uh, Jonathan Wesley and uh, Charles Spurgeon and some of others. It's the great, the first great awakening. And, and then it goes on and, and you hear the term awakening and it's not something that's absolutely new in the church world. And I, I'm not a fan of using something that's already been used and abused. But when God speaks, you just kind of got to go down that path anyway. But I was in the middle of a service one time. We were in a revival service and I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, get your family together. And so I gathered my family together, and we don't, we don't usually pray like we're huddling for a football game, but that's just really the instruction that I felt. And so we got together, we huddled up, and I began to pray and anoint my family. And, and I heard the Spirit of the Lord say this. He said, I'm going to use your family for the, la- for, for the last day's awakening. That's what the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. And he said, I'm going to use your family in the last day's awakening. And that word began to resonate inside my spirit. And so I, I just thought, at that time, we were evangelists. And I thought that I was, you know, that was a, a niche that God was going to take me down or, or, or what have you. But as... The, as his plan began to unfold in front of my life, we began to see that we were going to come to Springfield, Missouri and pastor a church. And so we're thankful that he brought us here. But it was shortly after that that we recognized that the church was in need of some name help. And I don't mean because the names were bad. I just mean because we were going by, I think, five names or something like that. Um, there was a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And we didn't really have an identity. And how many of y'all know without identity, you can't move on to what God's called you to do. Amen. So we need identity to be able to know who we are. Amen. And so we, uh, I, I just felt the Lord leading us toward that name awakening. I presented it to the church and we got, it got voted in, I believe, unanimously. Was anybody here that night? Amen. Or did we lose all those folks already? No. All right. Amen. It was unanimous. And those folks are still here. That was a joke. You'll have to get my humor. Sometimes you'll catch it later. Sometimes you'll be like, was he serious? I don't know. To the book of Romans, chapter number 13, verse number 11 
and 12. When one stands, we all stand just so we're in unity. How many all know it's great to be in unity? Amen. In the book of Romans chapter 13, verse number 11, and Eli has it on the screen there, and I'm reading from the King James Version. It says, And that knowing the time, that now is high time. Everybody say high time. Matter of fact, look at your neighbor and say, it's high time. To awake out of sleep. To awake out of sleep. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we believed. And the night is far spent and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's high time to wake up. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. God, I pray that you give your word increase today. God, that your spirit has already gone before and broken up the followed ground of our heart, God. Lord, so that your word could be planted today on fertile soil. God, I pray that they would be hearers of your word and doers of your word. But God, right now, I pray for the anointing on my preaching that, Lord, the word would penetrate to the heart of the believer. And, Lord, that it would make change happen, that it would make awakening happen, Lord, in our hearts, in our lives. Lord, we can leave this place knowing that we've been in the presence of God and that we were forever changed because of it. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Everybody say amen. And amen, you can be seated. I want to read just for uh, just just quickly for my own purposes this morning. Also, the book of Isaiah, and I didn't in all my doing, I did not know mark my scriptures in my Bible today. And so, we're, I'm going to be flipping there, and you may you may beat me this morning. Matter of fact, I might just read it from the screen because I'm having trouble. There we go. I'm I'm now I'm there. Isaiah chapter fifty-two. Verse number 1 through 3 says this, Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall no more come unto thee the uncircumcised and unclean. Shake thyself from the dust, arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For thus saith the Lord, ye have sold yourself for naught, and ye shall be redeemed without money. Another scripture reference in Isaiah chapter 52 that says, awake, wake up, wake up, wake up. And I believe this morning that that the church in America, and and if I'm going to talk about any church in America, I'm going to talk about this church. Somebody say amen. If you're going to, if you're going to talk about the church, you might as well bring it home. Amen. I love being able to talk in, in, in big, broad spectrum and, and make sure that I don't jump on anybody's toes this morning. But just look at your neighbor right now this morning before we get started and say, I hope you got your steel toe boots on because he's going to preach at home this morning. Amen. So I, I believe that we're living in a day when we, we are we are absolutely functioning, Brother Dave, or not functioning, rather, as the sleeping church. I believe that the church of America, and, and by and large, uh, all the churches around are a sleeping church. But I, I believe more than that, that the church is a sleeping giant. Amen. I believe that the church is a, is a major sleeping... What You've heard it said, the church is a sleeping giant. Well, what exactly does that? 
that mean? Uh, some say that the election was rigged. And here he goes getting political right off the bat this morning. Some would tell you that the election is rigged and, and, and that there's, you know, that there was, there, there's nothing to it that meets the eye. But I'm telling you that I believe, now you, you can believe whatever you want to believe, but I believe that this election was a result of what it looks like when just a fraction of the, of the over 100 million evangelicals that live in America will get up and get out and not let what the, not let the squeaky wheels of America speak for us and we'll, and we'll get out and we'll begin to exercise our right to vote. Now, if, you, if, I'm, and if I'm standing on your toes this morning, I, what I'm trying to do is not talk to you about politics. What I'm trying to do is tell you that if the church of God would get unified about something and, get, and begin to stand up, I'm telling you that it wasn't 100 million evangelicals that got out to vote. Matter of fact, the, the statistic that I read when preparing my sermon, I said, no, that can't be correct. So I changed the number down to 100 million evangelicals. I read a, an article when I was preparing for this that said there was 280 million Christians in America. 280 million Christians. I fractioned that down to about a third of them that really love God. I'm not trying to be cynical or, or negative this morning. I just, I, I just wanted to use something that was, that was, uh, that I felt like was a confident number. And so I'm telling you, what would happen if 100 million Americans would really unify? Christian Americans would unify and go after one thing before God. Matter of fact, not, not I'm not worried about politics because so many people are worried about what's going on in the White House, and I'm more worried about what's going on in God's house. Amen. And so I'm not worried about that, but. I'm wondering what it would be like if 100 million plus evangelicals would get in a spirit of unity like the Bible says how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the oil that flowed down Aaron's beard. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. I wish that uh, 100 million plus evangelicals would get in unity today and not attack some voting poll, not attack some picket line, not stand out with signs, but bow our knees and begin to pray to our God which is in heaven and say God we repent we we pray to you God we humble ourselves as second chronicles chapter 7 and 14 says uh, we humble ourselves before you God and we pray we turn from our wicked ways and God you'll heal you will hear our prayer and you will heal our land I wish somebody would preach with me in the house of God this morning I'm not worried about changing elections I'm worried about if a hundred million plus so called Christians in America would get together and say look we need to wake up we need to wake up what would happen if a giant that was a hundred million strong would begin to wake up in this place I believe that we would see a revival sweep across America I believe that if a hundred million people would unify and get in God's ear and getting God's attention we would absolutely shake this nation with the name of Jesus Christ It's high time to wake up. Romans says it's high time to wake up. The night is far spent. We've spent plenty of time in darkness. We've spent 
plenty of time in the nighttime. We've walked around in the darkness for long enough. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of walking around in the darkness. Is there anybody that's ever spent time when you feel like spiritually you're in a dark place? I don't know. I, I feel like I'm preaching this morning at the United Methodist Church. I wish somebody would lift up their hand and preach with me this morning. I'm telling y'all need to wake up. This message is entitled Awaken. And so y'all need to wake up and get with me this morning. Uh, but I'm telling you that, that we need to wake up out of our slumber. I'm telling you this morning that it's high time. The night is far spent. We, what is the Spirit of God saying in this last days and in these last hours? It's simply saying if the Spirit of God is saying anything to the church today, He is saying wake up, wake up, wake up. There's an alarm that's going off in the Spirit. It's saying wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. It's saying rise up, rise, rise. Go to Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 14. I need you to see something in the Scripture. It says, wherefore He saith, awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. The Spirit of God is saying, arise, wake up, rise up from the dead. And that leaves me begging the question this. Are you, alive, are you asleep or are you dead? Before we recognize if we need to wake up or not, we need to recognize if we are asleep or if we are just dead. So what does it mean to be asleep? I looked up the definition. You guys hear me talking about a lot of definitions lately. This, to be asleep is a condition of body and mind such as that which typically recurs for several hours every night and in which the nervous system is relatively inactive, the eyes are closed, the postural muscles are relaxed, and consciousness is practically suspended. That was the big definition. Let me explain it to you in layman's terms this morning. If you are asleep, you are inactive, your eyes are closed, your muscles are relaxed, and your consciousness is suspended. All right? So let me, let's break it down into the spirit today. If you're spiritually asleep, then that means spiritually you are inactive. There's no ministry coming from your life. You're spiritually inactive. You're asleep. Your eyes are closed. That tells me you don't have any vision. Without your eyes open, you can't have vision before God. Your vision's gone. Your muscles are relaxed. What is our muscle, Brother Larry, if we're, if we're Christians? Our muscle is exercised in the power of prayer. And if our muscles are relaxed, then we're not flexing our muscles before God. And so if we're asleep, then our muscles are relaxed. Our prayer is gone. And then our consciousness is suspended. That means that our discernment is gone. If you're asleep, you don't know who's in the room. If you're asleep, you don't... Rec and I'm speeding through this, church. But if you're asleep, you're inactive. There's nothing going on. Have you ever... This is weird, but have you ever walked into a room and, and just watched somebody sleep before? Don't raise your hand, because that's creepy. You just walk in the room and you, you see people... Maybe you just, you know, you don't have to gaze upon them for 15 minutes or anything. But, you know, you looked and you you, you seen somebody was sleeping, you just watched them for a minute. You know what? They didn't know you were there. Why? Because they had no discernment. 
that you were in the room. And if we're spiritually asleep, we don't have discernment. We don't know when God walks in the room. Worse than that, we don't know when our enemies walk in the room. Because we're asleep. Our eyes aren't open. We have no vision. And without vision, men perish, the word says. When they're, when you ever, if you ever see anybody sleep with their eyes open, it's creepy too. You're supposed to sleep with your eyes shut. But I'm telling you, if you're asleep, you don't have the vision. And there are, I'm telling you that this describes a, a huge portion of our churches today. We're spiritually asleep. We're inactive. Our eyes are closed. The, we're, we're not exercising any muscle. We're not exercising any prayer muscle. I was talking to my wife this week, and we were talking about prayer meetings and how we have prayer meeting. I'm so thankful that on Tuesday we have prayer meeting. And then I got convicted because I, I, I always tell people this uh, when I'm having conversations, but most of the preachers that I listen to in my life are all dead. Now, I don't listen to many people that are alive at this point. I just listen to older voices. And I got rebuked because I was listening to Leonard Ravenhill like I do sometimes. And he said, you expect to have revival, having prayer meeting one night a week? And I got to thinking about how many churches don't have prayer meeting one night a week. Because they're asleep. Their eyes are closed. They're asleep. Their, Their spiritual muscle is not being flexed. I'm telling you, Brother Larry, if the people in this room would get serious about one thing and pray to God about it, he would move heaven and earth to complete that thing. I don't care if it's cancer. I don't care, I don't care if it's changing our nation. No, no matter how big or how small it might be, if we would all get unified and flex our spiritual muscle in the area of prayer, but we don't do it because we're asleep, our muscles are relaxed. So that's what sleep is. Now let me explain to you what dead is. Here's my definition of dead. I didn't even bother looking it up. Dead equals dead. Okay? It's not just a little bit of activity. It's no activity. It's not just a faint heartbeat. It's no heartbeat. It's not just suspended consciousness. It's no consciousness at all. It's not lack of discernment in the sense that you have some. It's no discernment at all. It's that you couldn't tell if, not you can't tell if somebody walks in the room. You can't tell if somebody hits you with a hammer. You know what I mean? I'm not going to ask if anybody ever walked up to a dead person and hit him with a hammer. Because that's even more weird. It's not just relaxed muscles. It's dead muscles. It's not moving. It's unable, it's, it's, it's completely inactive. And it's not just voluntary eyes closed. It's There's no way to open them things up again. So the question is this, are you asleep or are you dead? I don't know about you, but I would much rather be asleep than I would be dead. Amen? But the truth is that there are many people that are spiritually dead. Not spiritually asleep, but spiritually dead. But you know what? There's an even greater truth that it doesn't matter to God if you are spiritually asleep or you're spiritually dead because he still has the power to wake you up. I want you to turn in in your Bible to the book of John chapter 11 and take a look at this. John chapter 11. 
You see, even in Ephesians there that we were reading, he said, he said, awake, awake, rise, ye who were dead. Arise from your death. See, that's the God that's taking us not from being uh, asleep to awake, but being dead to awake. Amen? So even if you're in this place this morning and you say, well, I'm not just a little bit asleep, Brother Paul. I'm spiritually dead. Nothing's working for me right now. Are you there, Eli? John chapter 11. 11. There he is. John chapter 11 says, These things he said, and after he had said them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth. But I go that that I may awake him out of sleep. And verse number 12 says, Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleeps... Um, he shall do well. They're like, if he's just asleep, he's going to wake up. You don't need to go see him. And howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of him taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, he said, let me lay it out for you. Lazarus is dead. Verse number 14. Oh, I'm sorry. Then he, Oh, I'm sorry. Then he said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. I, I need to go to 15. I thought I... I, I had the wrong scripture there, or not enough scripture. I should have turned. It says in verse number number 15, I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. That was verse 15. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. I'm glad that I was not there. Jesus actually says to his disciples, I, you can call this twisting the word if you want to, but he, he said, I'm glad that Lazarus is dead. Not that he was glad that Lazarus died. Do you understand? I need to make the difference there. Lazarus was his friend. He wept. We know the, the big long verse that everybody remembers in the Bible. Jesus wept. He was weeping over his friend. He was weeping over the lack of faith, you know. But, but he said, I'm glad that I was not there to save him from dying so that in his resurrection you can see the miracle. Amen. And so it doesn't matter this morning if you are asleep or you are dead because I'm telling you, I hear the Spirit of the living God saying to someone here today, I'm... I'm okay that you are dead. I know that I wasn't there when you died, but I'm telling you that I'm glad that you are in the point that you are at because now I can show myself powerful. I don't know who you are in this place today, but you may be feeling like, Brother Paul, I'm not spiritually asleep. I'm not dozing off in the spirit. I am dead in the spirit. It's not a little bit of movement. It's no movement. My eyes are not closed that I can wake them back up, but they are closed with that I can't. I have no power to to gain vision upon myself. I am dead, dead, dead. And I'm telling you this morning that it makes no difference to God. He was even saying in this place this morning, I'm glad that you are dead. And I'm glad that you are dead for this reason. Because in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. When you are dead, I can show you that I can make dead things live. I can look at a valley full of dry, dead bones. And I can begin to speak and say, dead bones come together and body come apart of bones and then breathe life into that thing and that thing can become alive again it doesn't matter to God if you are asleep or dead in this place this morning all that matters is that you turn to him and allow him to wake you up 
Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 15 and 16. It says this. It says... Are we getting there, Eli? Ephesians chapter 15. I should have marked my scripture. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse, verse number 15 and 16. It says, And your feet... I'm sorry. Verse number, I'm, I'm in the wrong verse there. And see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil. Just before that was the scripture where he says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest. Some translations say, Awake, O sleeper, and and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Then, listen, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as of fools, but as wise, redeeming the time Because the days are evil. I need to tell you this this morning, that being awake equals action. Awake equals action. How do you know if somebody is asleep? How do you know if somebody is dead? In action. In activity. Awake equals action. Let me show you something. I was going to bring in a bed this morning for an illustration, but in all, all that we've been doing, I didn't do that. it by my nightstand over here this is my bed so this is my bed I'm going to show you I'm going to show you guys my life don't get intimate with brother Paul today this is me at night it's a little bed it's not very comfy either I need a pillow all right so this is me. I, I think normally I'm sleeping on one side or the other, but I'm going to roll off here and break something if I do that. So so this is me most mornings. And, you, and Deidre can testify to this. Even this morning, the alarm goes off. I set two alarms on my phone at different times to try and wake myself up. So my alarm's going off, and it's like this, the most annoying sound in the world. And I'm like, just moving around and just hating the sound that I'm hearing, but not wanting to do anything about it. So I reach over and I'm like, anybody ever do this? Looking for your glasses or whatever you're looking for? And I get to the phone and I snooze that thing and I'm like, oh, good, snooze. Like 30 seconds later, the other alarm goes off. It's like, I'm like, oh, you're kidding me. You are kidding me. Then I lean over and I hit that thing and I find the button, push the button. And then I'm good because my snooze is set for five minutes. So now I've got four and a half minutes of snooze on one and five minutes on the other. And I just about doze back off. And, And I'm just like... And then there's, and, and in the meantime, usually about two and a half minutes through, Deidre's saying, Paul, you need to get up. Paul, you need to get up. We got things we got to do today. And, and I'm like, oh, geez, I'm moving around. And so then the next thing you know, I, I begin to, 
to kind of just barely stir around. Now, maybe you don't get up like this. I'm just, this is me. But the other day I was, I was praying and we've been working. I'm just going to preach from my, this, I'm comfy. Is that all right? So the other day we were, we were, uh, we were working here all week and I knew that I had like my notes pretty compiled as to what I was going to preach. But I, I knew that that day I needed to just wake up and it was my intention to wake up and just pray and compile my notes and just ask God to give me some. And I remember that's how it is at my stuff too. I knock things over. And, and I remember I was just laying there and, and Deidre had gotten up for important business. She had to go yard sailing. And, um, and so she, she got up to go do that. And I was like, I'm going to sleep in a little bit tomorrow. And, because we've been working at the church so much. And, uh, and so she, she got up, and she was so pleasant. She, she, blew dry, she blow dried her hair in my bedroom for me that morning just to help me out, I think. And so I'm, I'm laying there, and I'm sleeping. But I remember I was waking up, and, and it was like time. We were getting ready to go out into the streets, and we were going to do some street evangelism stuff and outreach. And, and I remember I had just a little bit of time, and I, w- I woke up, and I began to just like first thing in my mind, I don't know if anybody's ever liked this, but I've got a lot on my mind as soon as I wake up. So I'm waking up and I'm saying, God, I've got to have a word for the people. And I know I put together these notes, but I need just something more, just a, just a little, a word. And so I'm praying and I wake up and I, it, the alarm goes off and I barely touch it. And, and I'm praying, God, I need a word. I, I need a word. God, I need a word. And then there goes the alarm again. And I'm like, oh, goodness. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm so tired. We've been just working. But, God, I can't do this without you. I need, I just need you to give me a word. I'm just going to think about what you want me to say. I'm just going to ponder in my mind. And then I'm stirred again. And I'm like, so then the third time I wake up from the alarm, I'm like, God, I repent. But I, 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 this, I, I'm, this is serious for me, God. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I cannot get, I can't function. And I start lifting my head up and trying to move around a little bit. And then the next thing you know, I'm just like dozing right back off. And I just, I just kept doing that over and over and over again. I was like, what is going on with me? I would wake up and like literally condemnation was setting in, but I still wasn't waking up. And I was saying, what is wrong with me? I keep on just, I want to, I, I need a word, God. I need to, I, I'm trying to pray, but I just keep, I felt like the disciples in the garden before, you know, in the garden before Jesus was crucified. Could you not pray? I couldn't pray for like one minute, let alone one hour. I was just falling asleep and falling asleep. And then I heard the Spirit of the Lord say this to me. He said, you need to wake up. And it wasn't just, hey, you need to wake It was, Paul, you need to wake up. This is what the church looks like. I'm sitting there, and, and, it's, and God is saying, I keep stirring my people. I keep sending things along the way. I keep 
letting the, the alarm clock go off in your ear. I keep, there are signs and wonders everywhere. He said the moon has turned to blood. The sun has turned to darkness. He said there's earthquakes in diverse places. There's hurricanes that just keep one after another hitting America even today. He said, I'm stirring you the alarm. I keep, it keeps going off. And the church just keeps on slapping the snooze button and saying, I know it's important, but I don't, I just can't do it right now. I need to sleep. He's saying, I'm giving you, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm alarming you, but we keep just hitting mute on the spirit of God. We keep saying, God, I know what you say is important, but I'm telling you, my sleep is more important than what you have to say and what you have for me to do. I'm telling you, this message this morning was the most important thing of my week. And I could not bring myself to wake up. I couldn't get awake. I couldn't get a thought. I couldn't get alone with God. I couldn't connect with Him. And He was saying, that is what's happening with my church. They keep hitting the mute button. They keep hitting the snooze button. Not now, God. I just need a little more slumber. Not now, God. I just need a little bit more sleep. You see, the thing about sleep is it's not such a bad thing. Matter of fact, God ordained for us to have rest. He created these bodies that we live in to need at least a third rest. Do you know that you're supposed to get eight hours of sleep? There's 24 hours in a day. My basic math tells me that that's one-third. We were created to do one-third sleep and rest and two-thirds not rest. Okay? What does awake equal? Action. Yeah, awake equals action. And so we've become addicted to sleep. The church has become addicted to sleep. I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand, but how many of y'all have ever, have ever been to, through a season where you're like, you get more sleep, and the more sleep you get, the more sleep you need? And you just keep on sleeping and you just keep on... Because sleep is addictive. And I believe it's there's something spiritual in that because spiritual slumber is addictive. You get comatose before God. You get unconscious before God. And the devil wants you to stay asleep. The devil wants you to stay sleeping. And I'm telling you um, that, that we're supposed to be working. But we don't need to be addicted to sleep. We are sleeping ourselves into a spiritual coma. And we don't wake up to the alarm because... Because our slumber has become more important than the work there is to do. Or what we're waking up to. How many of y'all have ever had that job where you're like, I just don't want to get up in the morning and go. We're getting that way with the things of God. So why has the church not been awakened yet? Why are we His people not seeing a great awakening yet? Look at your neighbor and say, guard your toes. Because here's the word. Why does anybody not wake up in the morning? Lack of discipline. The church lacks discipline. What gets you up in the morning? What gets you to your job? What gets you up and keeps you functioning? Discipline. You know what's funny to me? You know the word disciple? It arrives from the same word. Discipline. We're disciples of God. We're disciples of Christ. We're supposed to be acting disciplined before the spiritual things of God. We have no spiritual discipline, and that's why we can't wake up. Uh, I'm telling you, Jesus' disciples in 2017 aren't very 
disciplined. We've got to begin to discipline ourselves again into the things of God. What does that mean? Let me just go ahead and get on everybody today. It means you need to turn off the TV and exercise your spiritual muscle a little bit. It means you need to begin to shut the TV off and pray some. It means you need to develop that prayer life. It means you need to let His praise continually be on your lips. It means you need to put away all the extra stuff that just pleases your flesh and start to please God again. It's spiritual discipline that I'm talking about. It means getting alone with God. It's disciplining yourself to devotion And then we will see a great awakening. And I'm closing with this this morning. Turn with me back to Isaiah chapter 52. There's great promise here in Isaiah 52. I read it in the beginning. It says, awake, awake. Put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth you shall no more uh, shall no more come unto thee uncircumcised and unclean. Shake thyself from the dust. Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands around thy neck. If you're ready for an awakening in your life and in this church, then here's how we do it. And I'm closing with this. We simply do it what by what Isaiah 52 says. It says, awake, awake. Wake up, wake up. But it tells you how. Put on strength. Put on your strength. Why is the church not waking up in this hour? How do we wake up in this hour? How do I spiritually wake up myself in this hour? I put on the strength of God. What is the strength of God? Nehemiah chapter 8 tells us the joy of the Lord is our strength. We need to begin to clothe ourselves in the joy of the Lord again so that we can be strengthened enough to be awake. We put on, it says next, it says put on your beautiful garments. And the Bible says in Isaiah 61 and verse 3 that I'll give you a garment of praise. Amen. And so if we're going to be strengthened in God and we're going to be awake, then we're going to do it through the the garment of praise that we need to put on. We need to begin to praise God. If you come into the sanctuary and it's praise and worship time and you can't lift your hands and you can't sing along with the song, I'm not asking you to be able to sing like, you know, the greatest singer in the world. I'm telling you, if you can't put on the garment of praise, it's because you're spiritually asleep and you need to wake yourself up out of that and allow the joy of the Lord to become your strength again and put on the garment of praise and then the go, the Bible goes on to say and dust yourself off shake yourself, dust yourself off. In Matthew chapter number 10 Jesus sent out the disciples and he said if they will receive you then bless them with peace but if they won't receive you then dust off your feet, shake the dust off of your feet. What was Jesus saying? He was saying don't take offense to people shake the dust off of your feet and move on and I'm telling you if we're going to awaken in this last hour it's going to be because we release offense there are people in the house of God this morning that are holding on to an offense and God is saying release the offense and you will walk in a spirit of awakeness you will walk in in the awakening that I've called you to walk in and then he says this he says arise I like this part he says arise and sit down sit down stand up sit down 
Why? He said, because you need to stand up to know that you're able to stand. Having done all to stand, you need to know that you can stand. With the full armor of God, you can stand. You can arise and you can stand. And then he said, I want you to sit down and watch what I can do. And I want you to sit down and understand that the Bible says in Ephesians 2 and 6 that we're seated with Jesus in heavenly places. Amen. And so that we can sit down and see the salvation of the Lord. Amen. And so then he he goes on to say, and loose the bands from around your neck. What is he saying there? He's saying, break the yoke off of yourself. There's a yoke that's on the church. It's a burden. It's a yoke that restrains us from worshiping. It's a yoke that restrains us from praise. And he's saying, get right. Let me break it down for you. He says, loose it. Loose the stuff from off your neck. What is the spirit saying? In Isaiah chapter number 10 and verse number 17, he says that the anointing will burst the yoke off of your life. So what is the spirit of God saying? If you want to be awakened, then you need to get smack dab right in the middle of the anointing and quit fighting against the anointing and quit hitting spiritual snooze buttons and quit being okay with just being okay but get right in the middle of of the spirit of anointing for too long the church has walked around and said I don't want to get near the anointing when the anointing starts to flow you start seeing people walk out the back door they don't want to see the things of the Holy Ghost they don't want to see the undignified things in the church anymore but I'm telling you if you're going to be spiritually awakened then you're going to have to stir yourself and you're going to have to get smack dab in the middle of an anointing and begin to say anointing fall on me anointing come over me God if you want me to do something undignified then I'll be undignified but I'm tired of being asleep I'm tired of being dead I'm tired of walking in a spirit of slumber I'm ready to wake up so God anoint me right now put me in the middle of anointing and let the Holy Ghost have his way stand to your feet with me in the house of the Lord this morning Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. If we're going to wake up, we're going to wake up because of the anointing. If we're going to wake up, we're going to wake up because of the spirit of joy. If we're going to wake up, we're going to wake up because of a garment of praise. If we're going to wake up, we're going to wake up because we don't have offense in our lives. We're going to shake the dust off of our feet. I'm telling you this morning, the main thing that we need as a church is to get smack dab in the middle of anointing again. I, I see the church trending every week, every month, trending more and more towards some conservative view and I'm telling you I still believe in the power of the book of Acts. I still believe in the power of Acts chapter number 2 when they were filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. I still believe in the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you this morning if you want a spiritual awakening it's not going to come through some self-help book. It's not going to come through any novel. It may come through this book but only if you read this book and begin to apply it to your life and begin to say God whatever's anointed in this thing let the anointing fall upon me